It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or maybe you're listening on 100.3 FM, if you are. And I was in the Boston-Cambridge area this weekend, I mean this week, and I found 100.3. It comes in crystal clear in downtown Boston. Really? Yeah, it does. I, I was in downtown Boston. I was in Cambridge. It must be right over in that... That area, the transmitter must be right in that general. But it's it was like went over. I'm like, wow, this is this is this is what we sound like in FM. I have yet to partake in listening to that. Usually, yeah. when I'm in my yeah. vehicle, I'm only in it for a few minutes now, so I don't. I know, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, we're going to be talking to in a little bit. We're going to be talking to uh, one of my coworkers, Don Kerr. We'll let you know what that's all about in just a couple of minutes, and. Also, we're going to be talking about the car that got me around last week, which was the Nissan Rogue. Very similar car, but different to the one that Dennis drives. Yeah, the yeah. one you had last week? Yeah. I like the color of that one yeah. last week. Yours, yours is the Star Wars edition. Mine, yes. is, mine is not. Oop. Yeah. Or mine was not. And then we'll also be doing some trivia based on that. So we have a lot of things going on. Uh, so it should it should be a good show, and of course we want to hear from you. If you read the Boston Globe today and your memory's better than mine, I'm pretty sure that column ran once before. It looked familiar to me, so um, I don't know what happened. Maybe something slotted in in the wrong spot. But of course, if you have a question, you can always email me too. And the uh, my email at work is jpaul j p a u l at a a a northeast dot com, and you can always uh, follow me on Facebook too. Uh, you can just kind of search my name on Facebook or Facebook and John Paul was taken. So I had to go with Mr. John F. Paul. So you can find me there. Uh, if you are on Facebook, sometime Wednesday afternoon, AAA is going to be doing a Facebook Live from the New York Auto Show. And I'm going to be part of that circus that we're going to do there. So that would be kind of an interesting thing, too, because um, we have done some Facebook Live broadcasts. And they they kind of require a fair amount of work, and they're uh, we've never done one this far from home before. So we've done them in different places. So we've never quite done them like that before. So this should be this should be pretty interesting. So again, we've never done Facebook Live quite like that. So it should be great, I hope. But we have um, the problem is we have a couple of perfectionists that I work with. And we're setting it up almost like a TV studio. So two cameras, a monitor, a monitor to monitor the Facebook stuff. So I don't know. I just I'm I'm pretty good with Facebook Live when you just turn your phone on. But this is gonna be a lot more complicated than this. But it should be fun. It should be fun. And what's gonna be the real fun part about it too, there is uh, one of my counterparts 
is a guy by the name of Robert Sinclair. He works in our New York AAA office. He does a lot of media. He's also a car guy. And up in upper state New York in Utica, the AAA office up there um, is run by a guy by the name of Ed Welsh. And he is also a car guy. And if you're a longtime listener to this program, one time I called into Ed's radio show on a Saturday morning. So he was on my show. I was on his show simultaneously. Oddly enough, his frequency is 9.50 a.m. Just like this one. I know, exactly, yeah. Hey, uh, with us on the phone is um, Don Kerr. Don Kerr is one of my coworkers from AAA. Don, I'll let you explain your title, and good morning. Good morning. So I'm a senior manager of our student lending program for AAA, where we also provide a lot of financial aid services and financial aid literacy for our members. Well, it kind of, you know, I'm because I'm old and um, old, I guess. When I went to college for a very short period of time, uh, college was, I think it was $130 a semester at the local community college. And, uh, and then I found out that college maybe wasn't quite for me, and I went to a private vocational school. Uh, back then it was ITT Tech um, that became TAD Technical that eventually went bankrupt and went out of business, I think. But um, when I went to that, it was I remember it was $2,000. $2,000 was all the money I had in the world, and I paid it. And... I guess because of that, I do what I do now. But on the other hand, it was literally all the money I have in the world. But today, it's pretty hard for someone to actually pay cash to go to school. And there was just a story in the news the other day about how all of the trades are dying to get new people into it. And there was an article in the Providence Journal about uh, shops now are are you know crying to try to get technicians in there. And if somebody's gone to if somebody's gone to high school and they're considering something after high school, well, there's uh, colleges like um, Mass Bay Community College, Mount Wachusett Community College, um, and others where you can get a automotive education. But there are also private schools like UTI and, and uh, New England Tech. And those schools can get pretty expensive, but we can sort of help with that whole process, right? Correct. Yeah, the, the cost of college really has gotten um, very expensive these days, and there is a lot of assistance you can get out, out there to help pay for those career and technical schools. Um, in addition, there was, there was a study done probably about two years ago now that showed almost 30% of people graduating from a career or technical school with a two-year degree were making more money than those with a four-year bachelor degree. So it could be a great choice that it can really pay off for some people. Well, and I and I guess it really depends where you are too. I mean, there's an old joke about, you know, in the Washington D.C. area, you know, what do you call somebody with a master's degree? And it's like, hey, waiter. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> everybody's got a master's degree, and there's and and uh, it's very competitive. But if you're a plumber or an electrician or or an auto technician or a carpenter. There's those jobs. Those jobs are out there right now. The economy is getting better. There's, I'm standing kind of in the middle of Marina Bay here in Quincy. There's got to be 400 apart, luxury apartments going up within my view. And looking out at the skyline, there's got to be another 2,000 apartments going up 
within the Quincy area, and all of those trades are looking for people to be there. Yeah, it, it's definitely a field that's in high demand these yeah. days. So um, you do something, and I, I went by a sign the other day, and I don't even understand what this, what is, what is FAFSA? So the FAFSA is the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Okay. It is the number one form or kind of the gateway form that everybody needs to fill out in order to get um, any type of aid or assistance and help for paying for college. Okay, and you said it's the, it's the form that people fill out for free aid, but I went by a store window or an office window and it said uh, FAFSA application uh, $295. You do that for free, right? Exactly. We do that for no charge for our members. Um, you can't find a lot of paying services that are out there, um, but it is a free form, and, and we will assist our members with it for no charge. And and for people who have, I guess, struggled with that form, that makes sense. And can that same, um, can that same ability to get um, college loans using that, application also be used in vocational schools like UTI and New England Tech as well as the colleges? Oh yes, absolutely. A lot of people are not aware of that, but that that same type of aid, which are Pell Grants and low interest rate loans from the federal government, that is available at a lot of career and technical schools. You can you can visit the website, which is um, fafsa.ed.gov. And you can look up your career or technical school, and you'll see it show up on the list, and then you know they're eligible for aid, and then you have assistance to help you pay for that cost of education. So, and I know a lot of people with kids will, um, you know, they they work really hard at, you know, maybe when they got married, they, you know, lived in an apartment for a little while, they bought a house, they worked really hard at trying to pay off their mortgage, and then college time comes around and they remortgage their house to get their kids off to college, um, this is a way to try to supplement some of that expenses, right? Exactly. Correct. It's a way to try to keep from going to those things. A lot of families will look to their mortgages. And from an interest rate perspective, it makes sense. Um, but there's a lot better repayment terms. Um, why you should consider some of the other options, like the, the student loans and the federal financial aid that's available. And how about if, you know, somebody was a little bit confused in their life and they, like like me, I guess, um, somebody did, somebody, I was on somebody's podcast and they talked about how I, uh, how I apparently lost direction in my life. Uh, so I went to college, but somebody who went to college for a little while and then decided college wasn't for them and then went to a trade school and maybe they they liked it, and they stayed for an additional program. And all of a sudden, now they have maybe you know five thousand dollars worth of student debt from the local college, and twenty five thousand dollars worth of student debt from the uh, private vocational school. Do we do anything to try to help consolidate those loans? Yeah, absolutely. That's a growing concern for a lot of families that I deal with: is how to manage that student loan debt, and what can you do with it. Um, so very similar where we'll help members out with the financial aid process. We help on the back end after they get out and you have these multiple student loans and they're in different places. We'll help you show how you can combine them, put them in the one, get them down to one payment, 
um, hopefully get better interest rates as well, and then lower your monthly payments. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there's a lot of help we can we can offer on that. Well, that's side. good. Now, how early is too early? Uh, my producer Dennis, um, how how old Salty? Uh, he's 14. He'll okay. be 14 in a couple weeks. Wow. Okay. So Dennis's son is four, almost 14. How how early is too early to think about student loans and and uh, you know, at least think about trying to get your financial house in order when it comes to thinking about sending your kid to college. Sure. Probably around the, the junior year in high school is when you want to start exploring things um, and really start trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to be able to pay for everything? What's it going to cost? What are our dif- different options we have? Um, there may be some things you can do to try to position yourself. Um, based on your on your financial situation, and that's a great time to start looking at that stuff. No, oh, that's so that's that's good news. So we know that we know that in fact that's a, that's a good way to to start to look and start to think about it, as opposed to what I did, which was you know collect every uh, every penny, nickel, and dime I had to try to get myself to to school, uh, which probably which probably in hindsight maybe it was the best way who knows but it was uh it was something that uh, created a little bit of a financial burden for somebody who was 19 years old so um so yeah yeah that's certainly one of the issues so if people want more information about this don or they want to get a hold of you uh do do like everything else we do is it just aaa.com the best way to find out yeah they can go right to aaa.com slash financial aid and that'll bring them right to our website Yep. Um, they can also reach me toll-free at 888-422-2536. And we have financial aid experts manning that line that are happy to help them out and answer all their questions. And, in fact, you're in the office close, closest to where you live today because you're meeting with a family this morning, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes, I'll be meeting with a family after this. There you go. Okay. Hey, hey yep. Don, thanks for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning and uh, joining us over here in Boston. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Take care, Don. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Yeah, I've met, I've, uh, I've had Don, the pleasure of working with Don at, um, there's a couple of uh, programs around some of the vocational schools called Credit for Life. Credit for Life is a, a program where Associate Votech does it, uh, Weymouth High School does it, there, it's, I think Brockton High does it, there's a lot of them all around. And what it is, it's they take the senior class and they assign a job to them. So they're like, you're an electrician, you're out on your own, you're 23 years old, um, you have $3,000 in the bank, you have $2,000 worth of credit card debt, you got to find a place to live, you got to get a car, you got to get the car insured. And uh, I had always done the transportation table, and um, but Don does Don does some of the financial aid stuff, and and it's actually pretty good because the kids leave with sort of a portfolio of. Um, you know, what I need to do when that time in my life comes. And, of course, the first thing that happens is they come over and they go, yeah, I want the the Mustang GT or I want the new Ford F-150 pickup truck, and they find out it's $40,000, they don't have enough money, or they decide they want the sports car, maybe they can afford it, and then they go over to the insurance side and find out the insurance is going to be $3,500 a year. So they come back and they're like, can I get the Honda Civic instead? So uh, and Don handled Don did does some of that stuff with that. So, uh, but just the idea that you can get some of this uh, application information and be able to get through that, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. So, a um, couple things. Um, there's two thousand 
there's 2,000 units going up in Quincy alone, not just the Quincy area. Okay. <laughs> At least 2,000. At least 2,000. We're, we're way over-developing right now in Quincy. But anyways. I was just guessing on yeah. the ride. You know, it, I, tr I tried to count as fast as I could. It, it's crazy around here right now. But um, the other thing is, is on Monday, uh, we went up to the Quincy Votech, Quincy mm -hmm. High School slash Votech. Yep. And I'm trying to get my son to go there for at least freshman year so he can explore all the shops. Yeah. But he's dead set on going to North Quincy High School, which is fine. Yeah. It's a fine yep. school. They have some trades up there. He's going to do um, graphic arts or something to that effect up yep. there. And I'm like, just go to the just go to the tech. Just trust me on this. Take look at all the um look at all the all the programs yep. they have. Explore all those shops in the freshman year. If you don't like it in the freshman year, then transfer to North Quincy in your, your sophomore year. Yep. It's not like you're not going to know anybody or anything's really going to be that much different. He's just dead set against it. I'm like, oh, I don't want him to be in it. I know what's going to happen. He's going to be in his 30s, and he's going to say to me when I'm in my whatever I am at that point, and he's going to say, Dad, I should have listened to you. I should have gone to the tech, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, there, there, is, uh, there is a lot of possibilities. I know we've had Don, Don Moran from Quinsigaman Community College on the program before. Uh, we've had Steve Fitzgerald from UTI on the program before, and – you know, talking about how automotive now, especially automotive, because that's kind of my thing, is how there is such a need for that. But it's in every shop. I mean, if you're a if you're a listener or a viewer of you know this old house on Channel Two, the whole last series was all about trying to get young people into the trades, and whether it's construction or electrician or whatever the case yeah, is. So it's the average age of a tradesperson right now is 55 years old. So that means that in less than 10 years, most of that workforce is going to be leaving and retiring. Yeah. So, and with all the infrastructure needs that are going to be going on in the next 20 to 30 years, there's a huge need for these people, for, yeah. for tradespeople. Yeah. No, there, there really is. And, and there's, you, th you think about that and you think about, you know, what, what's going to happen and, you know, if you need an electrician, if you need a plumber, and all of a sudden that pool of plumbers and electricians starts to dwindle, you know, it might be, uh, yeah, we can come out and see you, uh, you know, July 15th, you know, and you say, well, July 15th, and you kind of, then, you know, you kind of go, well, morning or afternoon, and you go, well, who cares? And you, well, I got the, I got the electrician coming in the morning, you know, so, and it could take months to get appointments for stuff, or worse than that is, you get really poor people, poor tradespeople that come out and just screw stuff up, and that's yep. that's even worse. So, yeah, because then you got to pay for it twice. Twice, yes. And I and believe me, I have, you know, I've done things like I do it right because I've done it twice a couple of times for certain things. But um, but yeah, you have to you have to watch out for that, and you have to be able to do it. And and we need we need people to do it. The um, I'm involved with about four or five different vocational schools on their automotive. Uh, um, committees, uh, Blue Hills, South Shore Votech, Weymouth High School, uh, Bristol Plymouth down in Taunton. And their automotive programs are really solid automotive programs, but they'll, they'll readily admit if they get a class of 20 kids in, there's probably only five or six that have a real interest. The others are like, oh, I just kind of wanted to, and they kind of stay. But as far as like good, solid technicians when they're leaving the door, um, they're, they're not that good and they they don't have a, they don't have a really good answer for it other than you know sometimes they'll get kids will go I don't want to get I don't want to do that nobody wants to do that that's actually the trade you want to be in if nobody wants to do it 
that's the one. All of a sudden, now you can your your position demands more money. It's, yep. It can be better for you. So there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities right now uh, with the way the economy is and building is and all that sort of stuff. So I yeah. uh, you know college college isn't for everyone. And like Don said, you can, you know, whether it's high school and you go right into the trade or high school and you go into a, uh, a one or two year uh, post-secondary program, you can come out and you're going to be making more money than somebody that just got their uh, potentially master's yep. degree in something. So. And not only that, like going to the automotive side of it is even though there's still this need for electricians and plumbers and bridge builders and all this – all those people, A, either drive vehicles yep. or on the construction site, the engineers need need big, heavy machinery. And if you can get into diesel repair, you're, you're, you're writing your own check. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's, some, there's some great possibilities. Uh, I remember when I was uh, 20, I guess, and, and I was looking for a job, and I went into car dealerships, and they're like, oh, no, you don't have any experience, or you don't have the kind of experience you want. And I ended up at a... Um, a, a chain tire store and it gave me the experience i needed and it was sort of funny because years later one of the guys who i applied for a job with at a chevrolet dealership who was a service manager who said no nah, we wouldn't we wouldn't hire somebody like you you don't have dealership experience he applied for a job with me <laughs> and I remembered him, and he, of course, why would he remember me? But I kind of remembered him, and I'm like, you know what? You just kind of threw me out without even, you know, without even barely talking to me. And uh, I don't. There was a little bit of satisfaction, and and Did I would hire I, him. <laughs> um, come to find out, what he was looking for and what we had weren't exactly compatible. Okay. But um, but he, you know, he came back. He came back one time, and I and I told him what we had to offer, and he's. He said, "Well, I don't think that's exactly what I thought the job was," and he ended up he ended up going someplace else. But it was just sort of odd that that's the way it happens. So, never burn a bridge. Never, never, never. never. People, unfortunately, that's one of the things that people don't learn. But on the other hand, I was hearing someone talk about a video game player called Ninja. I I I don't follow. Apparently, that he makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a I'm month. With people paying to watch him play video games, there are a lot of that. There's yeah. a lot of that yeah. going on, and yeah. it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful and stressful at the same time in this in my household for the past couple months. My son um, was starting to fail all his grades. There was other other extenuating yep. circumstances that was going on in our lives that he yep. kind of checked out of school for a while. So he lost all his electronics for a month. Last yesterday, report cards came out. He got his electronics back, and he immediately proceeded to cocoon himself underneath the blankets with his headphones and his cell phone. And for three hours, my wife and I just saw this lump of <laughs> of a blanket that would move every once in a while. <laughs> and he was watching other people play video games. Well, I guess as long as he wasn't paying to do it. You this know, is so. true. Yeah, so... It's all okay. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to talk about the car that got me around last week, which was the Nissan Rogue. And then we're also going to do a little bit of uh, Nissan trivia. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM WROL. We'll be right back.
and welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Remember, you can find old, old, previous, previously used, lightly used programs on my podcast at johnfpaul.podomatic or Stitcher or TuneIn or just Google Car Doctor Radio. You'll find it. Um, and it's, it is kind of interesting because sometimes what happens, I don't know where the podcasts get placed because every once in a while, and people should do this, it's not just for vanity, is they should, you know, Google their own name and see what comes up. Yeah, I do that every now and then. Yeah. It's still the same stuff that comes same up. Same stuff. I did a, a 5K. I did two 5Ks once, uh, and that, that, that my times came up. Some um, fantasy football stuff from back in the day that was online, but... Still shows up. Still nothing. But, but I noticed that I know where I purposely placed podcasts. You know, I'm like, I put it on Stitcher, I put it on TuneIn... Um, I never put it on FM player shows up there automatically. Um, I never put it on Podbean shows up there automatically, but it's interesting where it shows up. And then I have a backup podcast site on a podcast network called podcasts, pretty creative. And what's actually good about that network is I don't pay to be there, um, and although it, you can't quite do as much, you can't quite do as much with it, but it's free. So that's where I put stuff because I only have so much storage on the other site. And um, that recently must, that address must be listed somewhere now because I would get just a few people listening to those podcasts over the course of a week. And now there's a lot more. So it must be listed on a, must be listed on a podcast directory somewhere. So, which still I'm not getting a lot, but still, it's if you want to return Hmm? It's because I returned. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. It's because you're here and uh, people want to hear you. Um, so you can find all those programs, uh, Podomatic, johnfpaul.podomatic.com. Uh, go to podcasts and just put in Car Doctor and I'll come up eventually. Uh, or just Google John Paul Car Doctor and it'll show up somewhere. If you like to listen that way, of course, you can listen live on the WROL app, you can tell Alexa something. All right, John, this is how it goes. You uh, can listen to 9.50 AM WROL, the spirit of Boston, through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable AM 9.50, the spirit of Boston skill. To yep. listen to WROL, the spirit of Boston, simply say, Alexa, play AM 9.50, the spirit of Boston. Or within your Amazon Alexa app, tap the menu icon in the upper left-hand corner, then tap Skills in the drop-down menu. Search for AM950, The Spirit of Boston, and add it to your list of, sk of, of Alexa skills. That's it, huh? That's it. Whew. It sounds more complicated than it is. So if you <laughs> if you just said, hey, Alexa, did a, people who are listening now, did their Alexas just come on? I, I don't know. No, I think it has to. I think it has to. It gets used to your voice? No, because no, I've had been a lot of people's where I know that I'm not on their voice recorder, and I go, "Hey Alexa," and it comes on. So huh. maybe it's kind of wow. scary. And Alexa's kind of scary right now. Did you hear about the evil laughter that yeah. it gives? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the the other thing Alexa does apparently, uh, someone said was uh, people have smart house hookups. Yeah, it won't and it'll turn say, off. Alexa, turn the lights on, and it turns it on and then off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. Who would have ever thought that at some point? that I would pay you $100 for a device 
to put in my house that could listen to me. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, really. Yeah, and even though it says it only listens for like seconds at a time and then it deletes it, based on the latest Facebook thing, I don't think so. (laughs) No, I don't think so. And who was it? Elon Musk just deleted all his Facebook accounts. He might have. Yeah, based on, based on that. So, the Nissan Rogue. The Nissan Rogue is a smallish SUV. It uses a four-cylinder engine connected to a continually variable transmission like most Nissan products. Uh, Rides pretty good. It can get a little bit choppy over bumps. Um, There is a big difference in my little bit of experience in Florida. The roads in Florida are so nice as opposed to the roads in Florida around here, which are so bad and seem to be getting worse. Um, I, I, in fact, I just did a, I just did a segment with um, uh, Plymouth Area Cable TV, PAC TV in Plymouth yesterday, about work zone safety. This is a time of year where people are out working on the roadways and you really need to, you know, you need to be extra careful because they are filling in potholes. They are starting to do some of that work. But filling in potholes is kind of a temporary repair. It doesn't last forever. And the bumps and the cracks and the can actually is can make the rogue a little bit unsettled performance wise power wise could it use a little bit more horsepower maybe a little bit um storage wise in the rear cargo area pretty good um if you want to put the rear seat down it gets better it gets uh there's a lot of cargo area when you put the rear seat down i think it's pretty competitive that way this week um it's not, it's not quite spring and summer season yet, but our barbecue grill just about fell over during the last rain, last snowstorm because it is just a, a bunch of years old. So decided to go buy a new barbecue grill because one of the big box stores had them on sale. And I don't buy anything big and fancy because, well, I'm cheap. And, uh, and, uh, and, and if I had a Toyota Camry, a Hyundai Sonata, any kind of passenger car, this thing came in a big box, a big, a lot bigger box than I thought it was going to. And the only way you could get it home is in an SUV, a minivan, or a pickup truck. Not true. No, no. Tie when it I onto got, the roof. When I got my, uh, when I got my little hundred dollar grill, yep. it came in a big box. We took it out of the box. Oh yeah. Well, there's and, that. Yeah. You could do that it out of the box. Yeah. I didn't want to take it out of the box yet. I'm not quite <laughs> ready to use it yet. So I, I, in fact, when I went to the, when I went to the store. They said, oh, yeah, we have three. They're all assembled. I'm like, do you have any that aren't put together yet? And the guy's like, no one's ever asked for that before. I'm like, well, I just want to put it away for now until springtime comes around, and then I'll throw away the old one and put the new one up, and I'll be all good. But uh, but it was nice being able to fold down the rear seats, fit in there perfectly. And, again, it was a much bigger box than I expected it to be for a small grill. And, again, it isn't, you know, it's not a giant three-burner side thing it's just a little two-burner grill um, that purports to be made out of some sort of stainless steel, but it's it's not it's not a uh, whatever the good brand is that everybody buys. It's not one of those. But Dennis, what do you think of the ride and handling of the Rogue? Um, I like it for the most part. Yep. Uh, when I went down to Hilton Head last year, it it was a nice, comfortable ride. Yeah. Um, I'm a little taller, so I have a little bit longer legs. Um, the that lowers that that actual what is what is that what is that part of the seat called um the part you sit on is lower cushion the lower cushion part could be a little longer yeah 
um, just a little bit because I know there's people who have short legs right. than me, but um and other yeah than that's that, what provides the under thigh support yeah and if you don't get enough support your legs get tired yes they do yeah. um and but you're right in in up here um it can get a little bouncy when you hit the um hit the rough patches and yep. stuff like that um but how about I, functionality inside controls and functionality it's fine yep um the only thing is the difference between the one that i have and the one that you had um my big complaint about the one that i have is that my Rear uh, camera display is a real small display, yeah. and the new ones have the bigger, uh, what is it, six-inch display yeah. or something like that? might even be seven. Yeah, mine's like a two-inch yeah. display, so it can be a little hard to see. Um, and as with all backup cameras, when there's solar glare, it all stinks. Yeah, uh. and even at that, we did, we did a little demonstration uh, where we took a sh short person, and put them sort of under the bumper of the car, not under the car, but like tucked down behind the bumper, and the backup camera couldn't see them. It shot over the top of their head. So they were sort of laying, almost laying down under the car, but if you kind of envision a dog or a little kid or a bicycle tucked way behind there, um, it shot, and it wasn't on this necessarily, but it was yeah. a car with a backup camera. It was the one, a this Honda one, Ford, I think. This one, um, it depends, I, I know it's all about the camera yeah. placement. I know that this, the, the, Hunt, the Hyundai, ooh, Nissan, uh, the rogue, the camera is up in the upper, the upper part of the tailgate, yeah. and it aims yeah. down. So I can see, like I can see, the only thing I can't see is right under the bumper. Yeah. I can see right to the top of that yeah. bumper, and I, I would find it in that case. Well, with yeah, maybe with real little kids. Yeah. But then again, I mean, accidents happen. But right, and it's one of the it's one of those things still that you don't want to solely rely no. on the camera, especially if you get in the car and you're backing out of your driveway or park. You know, take a look back there first before you before you go to back up. Yep. Handy if you're you know backing into a parking spot and you're trying to center the car sometimes. Yep. Uh, you know, handy for that. Uh, fuel economy, I thought was actually pretty good. Yeah, I get a. I mean, I get. In the wintertime, I'm getting about 24 miles. In the summertime, I get up to close to 30. Yeah, and which is, uh, which is, and your driving tends to be mostly city driving. Yep. So uh, to get that kind of fuel economy is pretty good. So yep. Um, and I I learned to keep it in the econ mode because it yep. comes with the econ mode, the standard mode, and the yep. sport mode. Um, the sport mode is surprisingly. I know you said it could use a little bit more more kick, um, but when you do put it in the sport mode for a source. For, Four cylinder, it has a surprise amount of get up and go. Yeah, no, it 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 does. Um, the econ mode is exactly that. It is uh, tries to take advantage of things, so it shuts it shuts the uh, AC off, for instance, and um, it tries to maximize fuel economy with that. But overall, I thought I was never a huge fan of the Rogue, and um, this one that I drove, I came away going. You know, there's that's a possibility, and I am still car shopping. Um, I haven't done anything yet. I don't really need to do anything yet. Um, but it was one of those things that I'm going to have to, you know, eventually at some point going to look and and I I, I like the Rogue, um, the Mazda CX-5, which we talked about last week. I like a lot. I'm still sort of looking at the Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. Because budget-wise, it's sort of in my budget, especially if I buy a used one. Um, in fact, I stopped at Enterprise um, Auto Sales up on Route 1 in Westwood the other day. And I said to the guy, here's what I'm looking for. I'm in no real hurry. I know they're, you know, I'm looking for something less than 25,000 miles. No, no history of crashes. Um, 
service-wise, you know, I want to see some service records on the vehicle. And I said, you know, mileage, I'd like to see the mileage at 25000 or less. I said, I could be, I could look at something that has more mileage on it. But I said, the price has to really reflect that because what I would like you to do before I pick up the car is send it down the street to Sullivan Tire and have them put four tires on it. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for the tires. And at the same time, if the brakes look more than 50% worn, throw a set of brake pads on it because I want to feel like once I get this car and spend the money, I don't have to worry about tires and brakes and you know, the other stuff is only going to be a year old, not going to be a problem. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, 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 we can we can look at that. He said, but I'll let you know. He said, usually brake-wise, um, if they're more than 50%, you know, we automatically do brakes on them anyway. So um, it, it's kind of – Enterprise is one of those companies that the, um, the salespeople, the employees in general are very – are highly trained. And to do a good job at Enterprise, you have to – you have to work with them. So it's not unusual for somebody who works in enterprise to be someplace for two years, get promoted, be someplace, and they do a ton of training. So even this guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, I worked in I worked in one of our, uh, our rental outlets, um, and, you know, anytime a car, you know, came in, we would send it over to our shop, and they would do the repairs. And I could tell he had he was a lot more knowledgeable about what went on with their vehicles than a typical car salesman. So, um, so I'm still kind of looking, so... Um, I, I have a part on order for my car. I'm kind of waiting for that to come in. Uh, but everything in my life seems to be getting getting older and breaking. Uh, my refrigerator at home. The other one other feature that I really like, especially um, it, at the Christmas time rushes in the plaza, in the malls and whatnot, is when you're backing out and it has the sensors for what direction. Not just it doesn't doesn't notify you that there's someone behind you it notifies you what direction right. there's a flashing light on the yep. direction side and all that and the blind spot notification in general um save my butt a lot of times going down to hilton head because yep. there is there is a big blind spot yep. on there and um no matter how i position the mirror i could not not have that blind spot right. and that notification helped out a lot of times Good. no i i think overall i came away i was uh, you know, I have a coworker who bought a Nissan Rogue a f- bunch of years ago, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about a Nissan Rogue. What do you think?" And I was like, "Yeah." And but after this, uh, the the last two models, better than the Rogue Sport, which is a smaller, slight. It's kind of the older version of the Rogue, but the new Rogue, I think they did a really nice job with it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like the Rogue until about a year or so yeah. like what not just because this one is a star wars one i mean that was a huge factor but it wasn't because of that that i like this design um the new design it doesn't look like an egg yeah the yeah. older ones and especially when i see an older one and yeah. i'm looking at mine I'm like wow that one looks like an egg yeah and you know almost the same thing like the original murano the nissan murano kind of looked like it was designed by hannah and barbera or something kind of looked cartoonish and uh the newer ones are getting better so uh, a co-worker of mine is looking for a kind of mid-size SUV, and he was kind of picking my brain a little bit about what what I would look at based, and he wants to lease, so he has a lot of possibilities. In fact, the New England Motor Press, we do an official winter vehicle of New England Award, and the category of sort of that mid-sized-ish SUV is huge. There is a a ton of choices in that, and there's a choice for just about everybody now. Anyway, that being said... That's the Nissan Rogue. Take a look. And it's time for trivia based on Nissan. 
There is a uh, legendary sports car that was from Nissan called the Skyline GTR. It was a Japanese sports car uh, based on actually the Skyline range. The first cars named Skyline GTR were produced between 1969 and 1972 under a model code of KPC-10 and enjoyed legendary success. Um, the car has a nickname. The car has a nickname. What is the GTR's nickname? What is the GTR's nickname? If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030. What is the GTR's nickname? You know the answer. Give us a call at 617-770-3030, and we will give you a prize if you know the nickname of this particular car. Consumer Reports uh, just came out with a study that said uh, what cars can go 200,000 miles, and it was picked up by a whole bunch of other people, and... Well, if you want to go 200,000 miles based on what Consumer Reports said, you should buy a Honda or an F-150, a Toyota Camry, a Toyota Prius, a Honda CRV, a Toyota Sienna, a Honda Civic, Toyota Corolla, Toyota 4Runner, Toyota Highlander, and a Ford F-150. And, so, in other words, a Toyota. Well, I thought this was all kind of interesting because... The most interesting thing about it was I think any car can go 200,000 miles without much work at all. But um, what they said, the, uh, that's the list of the latest survey conducted by the folks at Consumer Reports, which tallied responses from its members and figured out which models made it that far, that most often without needing much in the way of major repairs. The Toyota Camry topped the list, which was ranked by percentage of each model that didn't require any work done in the past year and doesn't specify any particular model years, just a full spectrum of cars that hit the mileage mark. The Honda Accord came in second, followed by a variety of cars from the two brands, and the lonely F-150 at the bottom. So, again, I think... I'm, you know, you kind of look around at cars today, and you're like, what car doesn't go 200,000 miles? Uh, in fact, you know, years ago, if you were looking at used cars, you would have to go way in the back of the car dealership to find a car with 100,000 miles on it because they were hiding those cars. Now those cars with 100,000 miles on them are in the front line of the car dealership, and they're like, well, it's only got 100,000 miles on it. So cars are routinely going really high mileage. In fact... Um, I was at uh, General Motors uh, test facility about a year ago, and they were testing some transmissions, and they routinely test their transmissions to 175,000 miles. So they expect all of their transmissions to go bare minimum 175,000 miles. So if they're going to go 175,000, how, how far are they really going to go? You would think at least 200. You would think they add 20% to that anyway. The same thing with their engines, so. Our question was, what was the nickname of the legendary Nissan hot rod, the GTR? Let's talk to, I think it's Brian. Brian, good morning. Good morning, John. Great program as usual. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. The answer is Godzilla. Godzilla, you are exactly correct. Why was it named Godzilla? Any idea? Because on, uh, I, I'm pretty sure because of Australia. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what I heard too. It was uh, yeah. it was a uh, Australian uh, publication, um, uh, and I don't know if it was I don't know if it was one of the uh, 
Hooniverse ones or what are their version of like automobile or something. I don't remember what exactly what it was, but yeah, they had, uh, they called it Godzilla and it was, uh, uh, you know, pretty interesting car. What kind of made me think about this? I was, I was uh, bored flipping through TV channels last night and there is a, there is a new, you know, another new automotive program coming to history or velocity or one of those channels. And it's all about Japanese domestic cars that are, um, there are cars that weren't not were not sold specifically here in the United States, but were sold in Japan. And the Skyline was one of those cars that was sold that was sold in Japan and really became that sort of legendary unicorn car that showed up here. And I think it was in one of the Fast and Furious movies or something. And it, you know, it was just it was a kind of a hot rod sedan with a big six-cylinder engine in it and all kinds of horsepower. And and that was that was a car that uh, kind of was a basis for all of that but you know and, and i just like the idea that when i was flipping through the channels i saw this thing come up jdm something or other and i said to my wife this might actually be kind of interesting because you might see it's a it's a group of rebuilders that buy these cars and apparently rebuild them recertify them It'd be kind of interesting to see some of the cars that we've never seen here yeah yeah Hey, uh, John, what was I going to say? That Skyline was only in production for four years. So yeah. I believe. Yeah, it wasn't, 60, it, wasn't in very, yeah. it wasn't in production very long. And uh, and then when uh, Nissan came out with the GTR a few years ago, you know, it sort of it sort of took over that, you know, that name at the time. In fact, there's somewhere on the South Shore, somebody has a GTR and they have uh, sort of, the license plate is sort of a version of Godzilla. I don't know how they, I forget how the, they made the six letters work out to be Godzilla. But, yeah, so it still kind of carries that same name. It was kind of yeah. funny. It was kind of funny. The GTR, though, I was at the Boston Auto Show a bunch of years ago, and they had one on the floor without any particular, you know, fanfare around it. Everybody just walked by it, and nobody recognized it because it, you know, looked like any other sports car. And, you know, then the people who knew what it was, all of a sudden then it started to get kind of a crowd around it. But uh, but it, certainly an interesting car. Yeah, and then they brought it back, I think, for three years. Yeah. Late, late 80s. But naturally, they probably changed the design, the yeah. style of it. Yeah, yeah. but the, the new GTR was uh, was pretty amazing because it was, you know, when it came out, it was it was one of the fastest cars kind of in its in its group. It was, you know, it was lots of horsepower, all-wheel drive, Although I will say the thing rode like a buckboard, though. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty stiff it was a pretty stiff riding car. In fact, I was at an event and someone took a picture of me sitting in it and um, another auto rider and he he said to me he he captioned the picture. Yeah, John has let yet to drive one of these and he sent it to a guy at Nissan and I guess I finally embarrassed him into actually driving it for a little bit. But you mentioned the world of wheels, John. That 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 the Dukes of Hazzard cars. At the show this coming weekend, I believe. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny. I used to always get tickets to give away to our listeners for the World of Wheels when it was in the Bayside Expo Center, and I must have fallen off their radar. And they don't really they don't really advertise too much ahead of time now that they're at the seaport. And I went to the seaport a few years, well, more than a few, I guess, years ago, and. You know, it's pretty well. You know, stuff's pretty well squished in there. I liked it at the old Bayside because there was cars. There were cars that kind of, you know, all the way around. But yeah, if you want to go see uh, Bo Duke or Luke Duke or one of those Dukes, Bo Bo Duke, uh, and the Dukes of Hazard car, I think they only made like five million of those Dukes of Hazard cars, though. 
Well, they they had to make them for the series because they killed. I don't know how many suspensions on those cars. Yeah, they. Uh, my uh, my sister lives in Georgia, and they filmed not too far from where she used to live. And they said they were going around trying to buy up every one of those cars they could find in a barn or something, just because they had they had they had to keep buying them for parts to to keep them together. And you know, it's uh, you know, I guess just one of those one of those funny stories about the Dukes of Hazard. So yeah, then they. Uh, I think the Tom Fantaya was advertising the the uh, for I believe discount coupons. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, Again, it's not, it's one of those it's one of those shows I like to go to. But on the other hand, if you like going to hot rod shows, uh, I mean, it's nice to be, it's nice to go see it when they're inside and you get some really unique stuff. But if you go to now, there's so many shows all around, you know, your state and our state because you're up in New Hampshire, right? Right. Yeah, between New Hampshire and Massachusetts, there's so many good shows now. In fact. You know, the one that's down in Foxborough outside of Gillette at the Bass Pro Shops, they get thousands of cars that show up there, and they get some really, really unique cars that you're not going to see really in any place. And I've seen cars with license plates from New Hampshire and Maine and Connecticut that people drive up just for that show. Yeah, and what was I going to say? That's one of my favorite stores, Bass Sports Shops. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have one up here in Hookset. Yep. Yeah, yeah no, two great. Stores, Fox Pro and Hookset, John. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great show. My sister's, uh, my sister's husband, uh, he's on the road doing construction a lot, and he goes to every time he's in a town with a Bass Pro Shop, he he buys a T-shirt that says what town it's from. So. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow, that's cool. So he has a whole yeah. collect. He has a whole collection. Brian, stay right there. Dennis will get your name and address, and we'll send you out some something you probably don't need or want, but we'll send it to you anyway. All right, thanks, okay? John. All right, thanks. Take care. Well, Dennis is doing that. Uh, little news about Hyundai's. Following four fatal crashes in which frontal airbags did not deploy, federal regulators are investigating whether about 425,000 Hyundai and Kia models should be recalled. That's according to a report posted last Saturday on the website at the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The action comes less than a month after Hyundai told officials it was recalling about 155,000 2011 Sonata models because of an electronic component that could fail due to electric overstress. I think I have that. And to prevent the airbags from deploying, in the recall, Hyundai said they're aware of three accidents in which the airbags did not deploy, resulting in two deaths and three injuries and head-on crashes at high rates of speed, according to their spokesman, Jim Trainer, who's actually a very nice guy, by the way. And in a report on Saturday, NHTSA said it is now aware of six crashes that were severe enough that the airbags should have deployed but did not. Four involved 2011 Sonatas. The others were 2012 and 13 Fortes, a compact model made by Hyundai's sister company, Kia. While some frontal crashes may be so severe they're not survivable, the agency's concern is the airbags, which can mitigate injuries, should have deployed. The agency said its investigation will focus on whether Hyundai has recalled enough vehicles and whether Hyundai and Kia use the same component to trigger the airbag. If so, the recall may be required by Kia. Uh, Kia spokesman couldn't immediately be reached for comment. Hyundai got its first report of an airbag failure six years ago, but attributed the failure to numerous aftermarket accessories installed on the vehicle. The company said it's got additional reports in 2015 and 16 and continue to investigate and monitor. Hyundai said it's still investigating with NHTSA officials contacted um, last November about the issue. That led to a decision for a recall. According to the chronology, NHTSA uh, requires the automakers to provide at each recall. Um, under the federal regulations, 
Once a manufacturer is aware of a safety problem, it must within five days tell NHTSA of its plan for recall or face a civil fine. In 2014, Hyundai paid $17.5 million to settle a complaint from NHTSA that failed to recall Genesis models for a brake problem in a timely fashion. The automaker, of course, didn't admit any wrongdoing. Uh, forgive me if you said what it was, but what exactly does NHTSA stand for? National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Okay. Yeah. And for our actually, listen, I knew what it meant, but for our listeners who might not be into yeah, the asking whole for a lingo. friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. Um, actually, their website, nhtsa.gov, um, they've changed it a little bit where you can go in, and it used to be you'd go in and you'd say, I have a 2016 Nissan Rogue and I want to see if it's been recalled. And it would tell you if some 2016 Nissan Rogues were recalled. Now you can put in your vehicle identification number, that 17-digit number that's on your car and on your registration, and it'll tell you whether your specific car has been recalled. And in some cases, it'll tell you if the recall's been done. So you can actually look and see whether it's done. More than half of the recalls that get announced never get processed. People go, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's so what? The rear seat's going to fall out. It's fine. I'll get to it. Or it looks fine to me. Some of them are very minor. Some are, they didn't put a safety label. They didn't put a, an airbag warning label in a car. Or the owner's manual didn't have a page in it that it was supposed to have. My, um, when I had a Kia, when I had a Kia Sorento, it was recalled because there was a piece of styrofoam that was supposed to hold the jack handle in place that I guess if the car got, crushed up just right, the jack handle would, I don't know, puncture the fuel tank or some, something crazy. And all it was was putting a piece of styrofoam in. By the time I brought the car to the dealership, because I was looking for some other excuse because it was a piece of styrofoam, and by the time I got there, it actually had three more recalls. And they're all pretty minor. In fact, the last time my Hyundai went in for service, there was an airbag recall that was done on that. But it had to do with a, a, a switch in, in it. So cars get recalled all the time. And it's okay if they get recalled. You know, I like the idea they get recalled. Rather than keep the stuff a secret, uh, the only time sometimes they have a problem is if whoever the technician is, if they're in a little bit of a hurry and they don't do it correctly, I've run into some issues with that too. But anyway. Um, Fiat Chrysler Ram Trucks Division also has issued a voluntary recall for about 180,000 uh, pickup trucks. The models below are all affected, but Ram noted that most of the recall vehicles are heavy-duty variants, not the sole light-duty ones. So 2017-18 Ram 1500s, 2017-18 Ram 2500s, 3500s, uh, the heavy-duty 3500, 4500, 5500, and the Ram 3500 uh, chassis cabs with a gross vehicle weight of under 10,000 pounds. Uh, the voluntary recalls are... Recalls that the automaker issues on their own. Sometimes the federal government will catch wind of a potential recall, investigate it, and then compel the automaker. The issue stems from a column shifter on those vehicles and a part called a transmission shift interlock, which works to ensure the vehicle is not shifted out of park without first engaging the brake. It might overheat. If that happens, the shifter could be moved out of park without pressing the brake pedal, even without putting the key in the ignition. And quite obviously, a rollaway hazard. The overheating has been linked to owners leaving their feet on the brake pedal while idling in park. Who doesn't do that? While waiting for a recall to begin, Ram has advised owners to set the parking brake each time 
They got out of the vehicle. Ram is currently developing a remedy, so it's unclear how to resolve this issue at the moment. Nevertheless, dealers and owners will start receiving notifications at the end of this month. So, a few things. In fact, was it the guy in one of the actors in one of the Star Trek movies got run over and killed by his own car, I think? I remember hearing something yeah, about something. Yeah, and I think it was a Jeep, and I don't know if he just didn't put it in park. It was a rotary shift knob or something. something he just like didn't that, put yeah. it in park. There was some odd odd thing about that. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and uh, our phone lines are open if you want to join us. Give us a call at 617-770-3030. We can talk to you about your car, whatever's on your mind. Um, like I said, a lot of recalls. Um, Lexus even recalled certain model RCFs. This is the hot rod version and, and the LC500 cars. The vehicles are equipped with two high-pressure fuel pumps. There's a possibility that the cover of one of those pumps could become damaged over time and leak fuel. This may increase the risk of fire. The fixes it will replace both the fuel pumps. Um, and you can find out if you think your car has been the subject of a recall. Uh, you can, if you own a Toyota or a Lexus, you can call them at 800-255-3987. Um, question. Yes. Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Yeah. Are they still owned by Chrysler, or did Chrysler kind of sell them all off and they're independent? But no, they're, they're, all, they're all owned by Fiat. They're all owned by Fiat. Yeah, so it's it's FCA, Fiat, Chrysler, Automobiles, I think okay. is what that stands for. Because I remember during the, the automotive crash there they were selling off people were selling off all their other their side little projects and at one point i remember ram was owned by somebody else at something or something like that well over time there there has been a couple of those things there has been um like right now mitsubishi which is a pretty decent car it has come back and has become a pretty decent car Within the next probably six months, will be solely owned by Nissan. So Nissan looks like it's going to try to buy the controlling interest in Mitsubishi. Back years back, the time you were talking about, Ford had Ford was the one domestic company that never took the government bailout money yep. because they had the world's biggest yard sale. Yeah, they, they sold, sold Jaguar. Yep. They sold Land Rover. They sold their junkyard business. They sold every other business they were in because way back then, Ford said, we're going to be the largest car company in the world, and we're going to be involved from kind of cradle to grave when, you know, when you, when you have a, you know, when you have a uh, toy pedal car, it's going to have Ford on it. And when you die, we're going to, you know, we'll make sure that your, your car goes into a junkyard and gets disassembled and gets recycled. So they, they wanted to be sort of the answer to everybody. And then the financial crisis hit, and they, they, had, they bought Aston Martin. They bought a lot of very kind of, like you said, sort of projects almost, but very niche sort of car companies that don't necessarily make a big profit. So... Um, you know, Aston Martin and Land Rover went to India. Uh, uh, Jaguar and Land Rover went to India. Aston Martin went somewhere. I don't remember where they went. So all these car companies have sort of split up and, and done done some different things. So it's not unusual for that for that to happen, and to be um, and to and and sort of really 
really find out that, you know, some, some of the stuff works and some of it doesn't. So 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems. Phones are a little quiet today. If you want to join us, we'd love to hear from you and see what's on your mind about your car. Uh, like Richard from Whitman. Hey, Richard. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Listen, I got just a quick question. My brother just recently, within the last few weeks, bought a uh, the hatchback, the new hatchback from uh, from uh, Toyota. Yep. All right, I don't know, CHR. CHR. Yep. CHR. There you go. I got it right. But anyway, they uh, they they told him the tires are filled with nitrogen. Yeah. Um, that what, might have, that might have been something they did specifically at that dealership, because I don't think. I don't think Toyota puts nitrogen in right from the factory. Uh, so the dealer well, might do that. Um, I see. Yeah, they, it, they wanted $249 really? above and beyond the cost. Oh, for the nitrogen? Make, for the nitrogen. Um, and then he said, his next question obviously was, well, if I have a leak, what then? Yeah. And they said, well, with the nitrogen, it shouldn't leak as much as other tires. Well, that isn't an issue anymore, is it? Well, first off, that's a bunch of BS. Um, Thank you. <laughs> if, you know, it's funny that both of us thought that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um. Here's here's the deal. Here's the deal with nitrogen. Nitrogen is a drier air, so it doesn't get as much it doesn't get as much um, moisture in it, which is good for the wheels and the inside of the tires. Nitrogen is also and and. Chemical engineers will tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about, but nitrogen's also fatter molecules. So what happens is it doesn't seep out through the normal, a tire's porous. So nitrogen doesn't seep out during the, you know, through a porous tire. Um, if, you put, if you run over a nail, it's going to leak out as fast as anything else. And so it doesn't, but here's, here's the real story. Here's the real story about nitrogen. The air that we breathe is 78% nitrogen. So if you go to a regular air pump and fill your tires with air, you're getting 78% nitrogen. So, so you know, tell, tell, tell him that he can come to my house, and for only $49.95, I'll sell him 80% nitrogen in his tires. Gosh, that's very thoughtful of you. It, it is, yeah, no. it is. So, um, so I got to pay for this new barbecue grill I just bought. So, um, but but it's uh, but, but it is you know people that you know race cars run nitrogen in their tires because nitrogen tends to be a little bit more stable. Um, but as far as day to day driving, um, it's it's not going to you know they'll say well you get better gas mileage. You don't get get you don't get better gas mileage. You, you know, the idea is that maybe if you put nitrogen in your tires, it won't seep out. So if you only check your tires every six or eight months, it's still going to have you know whatever thirty two pounds of air in it. So your tires are going to be better inflated, which is going to mean you you know better inflated tires get better gas mileage. But nitrogen's just air. It's just and you know when you you know when you breathe air it's 78 percent nitrogen 21 percent oxygen and a little bit of something else and that's so for you know to for 249 dollars if if you buy the nitrogen for 249 dollars they probably made more money on the nitrogen than they did selling the car well he 
his his point is, and you have to know this guy because he was he wasn't trading it. I think he just junked it. He had a 21 year old Corolla that uh, his which his wife wouldn't even get into. She has a thir- mm-hmm. 2013 Corolla, but he uh, he drove that thing into the ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it was it was dead when he when he gets rid of a car it, that nobody else is nobody drive nobody that. else wants it. And right Nobody now, else. and right now, junk metal's not worth that much, so you probably didn't get anything. So, uh, I don't think but, he but did. no, it, you know, nitrogen and tires is is probably you know has like all kinds of this nonsense has a little bit of there's a kind of a granule of of science in all of this. So right. like um, you know some of these ceramic paint coatings that are supposed to better protect your paint. Or you know, fabric protection or leather protection for the interior of the car. The dealerships make a lot of money on that stuff. And is the fabric protection, you know, if you have a cloth interior, is it any different than going out and buying a can of, you know, can of spray and, and you know, Scotch Guard? Yeah, Scotch Guard. No, it's exactly the same thing. So yeah, so it's yeah. So did he did he All buy right. the two hundred forty nine dollar? Uh... He told the guy he wouldn't take. He leased the car. This oh, okay. Time, which... Unusual yeah. for him. Yes. But he said, if I see that $249 anywhere on that lease agreement, we're out of, I'm out of here, he says. But but it's, it, he's realistic enough and old enough to realize that they got that 250 bucks somewhere. Yeah. You know, he says, like, $500, uh, you know, floor mats or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, no, there, there, there's, uh, you know, they don't, you know, these car dealerships don't have these giant buildings, you know, and, and I look at... Uh, Herb Chambers building over in Sharon. That's a gigantic monument of a building over there. They don't they don't build those buildings making five dollars on every car they sell. Well, look at all the brand new buildings that they built over Queen Anne's Corner. Oh yeah, over in yeah, that. exactly. I know you know that area. Yeah, no, oh, exactly. Right so, yeah, but uh, you know it's just like a hello. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Well, you know, like I said, you know, for forty nine ninety five, if you're, uh, you know, if he wants to come over, I'll be happy to fill his tires with air. Listen, one, th- one more thing before sure. we go. About, about a month ago, you were talking about drying off the car by using your leaf blower. Yep. It's also handy for cleaning out, out the car. Just open all four doors and psh, everything's gone. Well, you know, I, I, I will say that um, my wife's my wife's little Volkswagen convertible, well, it actually wasn't a Volkswagen convertible. The car she had, before, her old Volkswagen, um, she she had taken it to the beach a bunch of days in a row, and it was filled with sand inside of it. And I put the top down and opened up all the doors and just blew all the sand out of it. And it uh, yeah, it, em- it emptied it out pretty fast. Yeah, it does. All right, all right. Well, thanks. all right. Take care now. Thanks. Yeah. I'll talk to him about the nitrogen. All right, thanks, Richard. Take right. care. Bye bye. We need to take another break. Rick, stay right there. We'll be with you in just a minute. And if anybody else would like to join us, 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
the stuff we talk at talk about during the breaks. You know, I still say there's a whole. I was talking about this with a uh, podcast with somebody or Facebook Live or something. And I said you get a bunch of people just sitting around talking, and sometimes that can be more interesting than almost anything else. And uh, which brings up another story, which I'll which I'll get to in a minute. Is Rick there? Rick, is that you? Rick? Hey there, John. Can hey, you hear me? I can. Okay, good, because I'm in debt of it for some strange reason. I'm having problems getting my phone to work here. Well. <laughs> um, I had a strange thought in that. Have you ever tested military vehicles? Who tested them? No. no. I've tested police vehicles, but never military vehicles. Well, actually, that might be a, a fun thing for the New England Motor Press Association to do, to arrange one day to and, you know, go check out the uh, Humvee and the 5-ton and the uh, the Bradley and stuff like that. No, I, I, I guess I guess over my time when they came out with the first civilian version of the Humvee uh, uh, HV one there, which was basically just a civilianized version of of the of the the military Humvee. Um, I did drive that, but yeah, I, I I've always thought, and I guess there are places in the country here somewhere. That do sort, and I thought this would be an interesting idea. I think it was 25 years ago. I said there ought to be heavy equipment fantasy camp. So you go to a place where you can drive a bulldozer and a shovel loader and a roller and go crush stuff and dig holes and things and do. And I suppose with the military, kind of same thing. You know, if the the military, you know, the the army, the army ought to have an open house one day and invite people in. But there's probably some big, there's probably some big, uh, big liability issue involved. But you know, it'd it'd be fun to go drive a, you know, a, even if it wasn't, even if it wasn't new stuff. You know, drive a yeah. half track or something. Yeah, I drove a tank once. Oh, Dennis drove a tank. I drove a tank once. My uncle was in the military. Yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, and they put me behind the. They actually put me behind the controls, and I actually moved it. I might have moved it like fifteen feet, but hey, I drove a tank. You drove a tank. That's more <laughs> than me. Never driven a tank. So, so uh, Rick, you might be onto something. Yeah, well, I know they have a facility. I think it's in Maryland where they actually you know do the. They have concrete, funny roads. Yeah. To, just to test the vehicles and inclines and stuff like that yeah. and water traps and stuff like that, you know, um, hey, you know, <laughs> it, it, it might make a fun thing just to get a bunch of reporters there one day and as a uh, publicity stunt for the military. There we go. Well, well, we'll put that on the list of things to do before, you know, before I retire. Which put is, it on your bucket list. Which is, which is quite a ways out, so there's no, no you know, it's a, no big rush to do that, you know. <laughs> but thanks, Rick. Okay, bye. All right, take care. Thanks, buddy. Let's see. Where are we going? Oh, Dennis is Dennis is writing away. Oh, we're going to Ben and Lawrence. Hello, Ben. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? Good. John, you mentioned a few weeks ago about washing the undercarriage of a car. Yeah. Well, let me give your listeners a little advice. When a car is over 20 years old, you don't do it. Because I blew out the motor mounts in the 90 years of the wheel. And I blew a muffler out of another car. So when the cars get old, you don't wash underneath. Don't wash underneath when they get old because... Because, because everything lets go. 
if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think they were. I think it was already letting go before you washed it. Well, that did happen. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm sure it's happened to a lot of your listeners. You know? There you go. All right, thanks. Thanks for the advice, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Let's go talk to Gary. Gary, is that you? Hi, John Paul. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Good. Um, I had a AAA question and uh, something else I wanted to ask. I saw right. the news, but um, I just got a notice from the uh, registry about because I re- my birthday's later this year, yep. and they said I could renew early. And I'm a AAA member, so I was going to go to the Rockland uh, yep. place, but they said I could renew online, but I don't have a computer. Yep. So I was wondering if they can do that for me there. Or... Well, as long as you're a AAA member, we can do it for you there. We're uh, just not today, though, because all no, the registry yeah. services are shut down till Monday. Yeah, I mentioned that in yep. the letter. But I yeah, got, you can but... renew your license up to a year early, and it doesn't change the yeah. expiration date. So. Right. so, so if, so is there any, because of that new licensing they have now, is there any extra identification? Yeah, you have, have to, to you have to bring, if you want to have the federal ID, which you don't necessarily need it, but if you want to have yeah. the federal ID, you need to bring a couple forms of identification like a original birth certificate, Social Security card, passport, um, uh, something that shows you you have a residency. It can even be a utility bill. But you have to bring a couple of forms of identification with you. In fact, over the next couple of weeks, I want to try to get somebody on from the RMV to kind of talk about this whole real ID thing and what it really means. Now, you don't have to get it, but if you're somebody who flies occasionally, you're going to need it. Or if you're somebody who goes into a federal building, if you go into uh, any federal building, you're going to need to have this real ID to be able to get in. In fact, I never really noticed it. I, I went into uh, where the uh, transportation building is in Boston, and I pulled into the parking garage like I've done for a million years, and a, a attendant said, oh, I need to see your driver's license. And I said, huh? And he said, oh, yeah. yeah. He said, we have, to, we have to show that you're a resident or something. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. And, uh, yeah. Well, I, I saw something right soon after I got the letter. They had something on one of the news. Yep. Yeah, they've, they've, the, they've been talking about yeah. it. Like I said, it's not going to go, real ID is not going to go into effect till 2020. But if you're able to do it with your license renewal, um, you, you know, it's done automatically when you bring in the right, right documentation. If you want to do it afterwards, like my license doesn't technically expire till I think 2020. And um, if I if I wanted to do it, um, early, I would have to pay like for a duplicate license. So yeah. So yeah. if say you went in on say you went on a, you know last week and you got your license renewed and you said oh now now I have to now I don't have that federal license thing. You can go in and get a federal license, but what happens is they're going to charge you twenty five bucks like you just lost your license. So they they charge you for a duplicate. Oh, okay, because um, like I said, I was going to go over there where I can't. Yeah. Do it no, online. Go, go right over to the AAA office in Rockland and. And uh, they'll they'll help you out, and you know, just I probably wouldn't go Monday or Tuesday only because chances are the lines are going to be a little long because uh, because the system's been off for a couple of days. The other thing is, you know, I think everybody has their fingers crossed that when they turn this new Atlas system on, they're uh, 
their uh, it went it went from a system called Alars to a system called Atlas, and yeah. the old Alars system for old computer people it was a DOS based computer system. So yeah. that's how old it was. It was a thirty year old computer system, and they go into something new, and you know, good luck, you know, good luck. It's going to so work. I, so I can just. Give uh, AAA a check. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, we have all the same equipment. It's yeah. it's everything's exactly the same. Only our people are always friendly. <laughs> okay. Okay. One one other thing, I just wanted to mention. I saw in the news. I didn't know if you saw it. That um, thing was in Arizona. One of those Uber yep. self driving vehicles that hit the yep. lady on the bicycle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's you know that that tells you a little bit about self driving cars. The other thing is. Um, you know, what was sort of, in my way, sad about that, on that same day, 12 other pedestrians got run over and killed, and they didn't make the news anywhere, but this one person that was walking their bike across a four-lane busy road outside of a crosswalk um, got hit by the car, and it had a safety driver in it, but the safety driver was, wasn't was paying attention either, which, you know, a whole bunch of bad things happen, and, you know, that's the way, you know, unfortunate. Hey, we got to get going and take okay. another break, Okay. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you, John. Yep. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, Paul Sullivan sitting right there in his orange shirt. He can go out and work at a construction zone. But it's orange, isn't it? All right. Okay. Just check. I'm I'm a little color impaired.
Okay, I have to tell a little story about a guy I met last Saturday night. Uh, because it was St. Patrick's Day, and we were, and my wife and I went down the Cape. I said to her, "Where do you want to go to get something to eat? Mexican or Italian?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because exactly. All the Irish places were jammed. Yeah. So I said, "So we, I said, well, how about La Scala? It's always food's always good, and we usually end up getting." The meals are big, so we get one meal and we split it, but we usually get an appetizer or an extra salad or something. So um, we were there, and I typically always sit at the bar because when you sit at the bar, there's nonsense that goes on. You get involved in somebody's conversation. You go, hey, that's that guy Phil who was here. You know, you but you that. like that? Some people don't like that. Yeah, I know. I like that. Okay. And and people probably hate it because, you know, people start to talk and then all of a sudden I start to talk and they're probably like, hey, shut up. Who invited you into my conversation? <laughs> but there was a couple that was playing a little bit of Kino and they did have corned beef and cabbage that apparently was so good. The couple that came in who owned a restaurant in Woods Hole, by the way, um, ordered a third corned beef and cabbage to take home with them. Mm -hmm. which apparently it was that good. But um, I didn't get the corned beef and cabbage. You didn't um, even get it to take home with you. Because I had the very best corned beef and cabbage the night before. Uh-huh. Where? My wife cooked. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but there was this guy, we were sitting there, and he, playing, and he was playing a lot of Kino. And he said, you know what I would my do? Kino. I said, what? Hmm? Gotta have my Kino. Gotta have my Kino. And he said, uh, I, I said, what are you going to do if you win? And he bought a couple of lottery tickets to it. I said, what are you going to do if you win the $455 million? And he said, well, I'd go into my office and give everybody some money and tell them to all take the day off, and then I'd tell him, see you later, and never come back. He said, then he goes, eh, really, if I had an office, he said, I'm retired. <laughs> and uh, I got talking to him, and I said, and usually the first thing I ask a retired person is, how did you know when it was time to retire? And every retired person says to me, you just know. It's kind of like falling in love. Yeah, something yeah. like that. You yeah. just know, you know when it's time to retire. But you can't describe it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm ready to retire. Yeah. I just can't afford can't it. Afford <laughs> it. Yeah. So then I said to this guy, what would you do when you, were, uh, um, when you were working? And he said, well, I owned a bunch of businesses. I owned some gas stations, some car washes, some this, some that. And I said to him, oh, you sound like you were a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I said, how many gas stations did you own? And he was from, he lived in Harwich, but he was actually from Longmeadow, Mass. And he said, well, between western part of Mass, New Jersey, New York, he said, somewhere between three to 500. Okay. To which I went, ho, oh. ho. So That's we got chit-chatted a little what, bit. Was his name Johnny Opec? What, what, what was his guy's <laughs> <No>. name? Okay. <laughs> his, name was, his name was Stephen something or other. Greekish last name. Okay. And so, so he owned 300 gas, gas stations, stations. car okay. washes, and convenience stores. So he already hit the lottery. What's he playing he did. the lottery he did. for? But my question to him was, and my wife, I think, kicked me when I asked the question, so did you ever go broke? Every businessman goes broke, and he, right? Which was my thought. Yeah. But I was just keeping the conversation going. At least once in his career. And he said, yeah, I decided to get into real real estate development, commercial real estate development. And I decided to build two shopping malls in 2007. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. And I said, how'd that go? He said, lost $40 million. And I said, well, that, $40 million. Well, he's playing the lottery. I said, $40 million of your money or $40 million of the bank's money? And he said, nope, $40 million of my money. Oh, yeah. And then at that point, he got up to go to the bathroom or something. I said to the bartender, Billy, I said, this guy <laughs> on the level? And he goes, oh, yeah, no, yeah. he's a real deal. He's, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. 
Wow. So he comes back, and I said, "How did you end up filing bankruptcy or whatever?" And he's like, "He's like, no." He said, "I just worked with my creditors and tried to pay it off." Good for him. Yes. Yeah. Wow, forty million. Forty million. So you know, just when you think, if, if there were a point in my life where I had forty million dollars, the retirement <laughs> thought would have creeped in. Yeah, I mean, you, you would <laughs> see. You would that's think. why I don't have forty million. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, the <laughs> what piano guy's playing. I can't hear that. I got I no phones. Yeah, but uh, I have three wheels on my chair and no headphones. So I know. I'm in a sad <laughs> state of affairs right now. So, don't, the, uh, don't tip so what me do you over. got going on today for the Saturday after Saturday? You know, it's one of my favorite days of the year. You know why? Because you um, can play we all, picked it, you can well, play we all music. Up, yes, and we picked up a couple of listeners. I think last week yep. that got excited and heard about us and it's always a good time the first day after st patrick's day is one of my favorite days yeah. and you, you don't have to talk you just play music I, that, yeah. yeah why should i talk what a, what a job i know hey the very best in irish music coming up next with paul sullivan and the irish hit parade till next week wear your seatbelt drive safely be good to your car talk to y'all next week bye-bye